Hey, what's going on, everybody? And welcome back to another episode of the 195 Sounds Podcast, the travel podcast that you deserve. So before, you know, I kind of jump into what I want to talk about, um, we have a guest today. Uh, I wanted to, you know, we lost two very important figures in American history over the weekend, C.T. Vivian um, and also Congressman John Lewis. Uh, two men who are very instrumental in the civil rights movement, as as most, if not all, of you know. Um, and you know, one thing when I when I think about the civil rights movement, obviously, um, you understand the importance of uh, what was done, Voting Rights Act, uh, you know, Civil Rights Act of 1968. We we understand that. We understand how significant that that was, and and everything that came with it. But one thing that you know, I just kind of thought about from a travel standpoint is, you know, if we go back to right the sixties and we look at the things that CT Vivian, John Lewis were doing, um, especially with the freedom writers, right? So for, for those who don't know the freedom writers, uh, essentially a group of people got on buses, uh, black and white, went around to different places in the South, organized uh, sit-ins. They also um, sat in the front of buses at bus stations. They sat in whites-only areas at bus stations, uh, drank out of white water fountains, um, just to raise awareness, right, and and essentially protest um, the, the segregation uh, in America. And so when you think about that, think about, Think about organizing a trip for you and your friends and how crazy that is. And it's like for y'all. We go into Miami, we go into LA, we go in New York. Think about how much of a headache that is to organize. And y'all going to have fun. Y'all going for a good ass time. Now think about trying to organize all those people on a bus and you have the benefit of social media to look at, Oh, let's go to this place. The internet, let's stay in this hotel. You know, these are activities we're going to do. You know, they really depended on their own network, phone calls, letters. Like that's it. (laughs) That's it. There was no Google, no Facebook, none of that. And, and even with the protests that are going on today, starting with the unfortunate, um, and brutal killing of George Floyd um, by that white supremacist police officer up in Minneapolis. The protests have been going on now for, what is it, a month and a half, two months? And we see so much information um, being spread through social media. Good. You know, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, we're having a protest here, we're having a rally here, we're having a march here. Um, we want to go and talk about our demands from the city, so on and so forth. Like all that is good. We have text messaging, obviously we have internet to research these things. Like it's, it's very easy. The information is right there at our fingertips. Right. And not to trivialize what these protesters are doing now, because people are going out there, they're getting shot, rubber bullets are getting beat by, by agents of the state. Um, and it's, it, the images look eerily similar, right. To, to those that we see, um, in our, in our historical text when it comes to the civil rights movement, um, just short of dogs, 
dogs and water holes is the only thing they, they don't have out there. And I think I've seen in some places where they actually have turned water on people. Um, I especially heard that during, during Ferguson. So when you think about that, you know, it's, it's, it's mind blowing. And of course, again, a subtext of what was really going on at the time, but you know, for them, the ability to mobilize all those people, um, get them on buses around the country and, you know, really act and organize and, 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 and show the country what was going on because they, you know, what's, 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 um, what's fun was not funny. Interesting. So the freedom rod started in 1960, 1961, something like that. And jet magazine, um, hired a photographer to go along with the freedom riders and to just capture what was going on. Um, his name was Theodore something. And, and forgive me, I can't think of his last name right now, but I, I know his first name um, was Theodore. Theodore Gaffney, that's his name. Theodore Gaffney, who actually um, just passed away a couple of months ago due to complications from COVID. Um, he, um, of course, was a, a, an older gentleman at this time, but, you know, it's, um, <laughs> it's interesting um, and, and, and quite uh, quite ironic, right? Like, Someone who went and covered all of uh, these wrongdoings by the state was killed, essentially, by a virus that was, that could have very easily been, you know, uh, muffled in the states. We could have stopped the spread of it if we took it seriously, but he was then killed by um, the mismanagement of that mismanagement of that, um, by this country's administration today. Very sad how that works. But, you know, I say that to say those two men, um, live the type of lives that we could only hope for as far as what they've accomplished. Um, and as far as what they meant to the country. Um, two true American American heroes. All right, so it has been quite the couple of weeks. Um, we are still no closer to me feeling, and for the most part, a lot of people feeling safe about traveling. Um, no, it, it doesn't seem like anybody really can go anywhere and feel good about it. Although you do see people that is out here. Like I saw one dude who, um, who's in Mexico and, you know, more power to that brother, but Mexico is one of the last places I would be. I read in articles, Bloomberg, NPR, um, you know, one of those hippie liberal sites and maybe it was Vox. I don't know. You'll understand the point. They were saying that Mexico is essentially like ground zero, zero. Like they don't even have a clue as to how many cases they have because people live um, in such rural areas there that either they're not going to get tested or testing isn't available, right? Um, and so they just don't know. 
They just don't know. And obviously we know that, you know, Mexico, huge, huge tourist economy. Um, so you have just like in America, a lot of people going in and out in these very concentrated areas that are the resorts uh, that people stay on from all over the world. And, you know, who knows how many people have or have not contracted it there. Um, it was really interesting. It was really interesting. So if I can find that, I'll definitely link it in the uh, in the show notes and also um, on my on my Instagram. But, you know, as science goes, um, you know, hopefully things have changed and they have found uh, a method to get people tested at, at a more rapid rate down there in Mexico. Um, because just because your country is poor doesn't mean you should be um, ravaged by by a virus. I'm speaking, speaking of ravaging, I know it's made the rounds. It's a couple days old, but did y'all see that video? And if you didn't, this is definitely going to be on my Instagram stories. That video, of those black women whooping that white lady's ass in the airport. Like they whooped her ass around the baggage claim carousel. Like they got, they fools. Full ass money's worth. And see, see, this is the thing. The lady, the white lady, I'm not going to call her Karen. I feel like uh, I'm kind of tired of this getting played out. But she definitely brought that Nordic energy to those black women. And this is how we know she fucked up. See, when you watch the video, watch very carefully, right? The white woman turns around, says something smart. And like smacks her own ass, like a kiss my ass type of thing to these black women. The camera then kind of does like a, a jerky thing and it goes back to the group of black women. And from what I could tell, majority of the women in this group were walking through the airport with shopping bags with their belongings in them. As opposed to suitcases. Let me tell you something right now. If you see somebody carrying their belongings in a shopping bag through the airport, you don't want no problems with that, man. They, they whoop ass for sport. You, you don't want those problems. And now this white woman found out the hard way that she didn't want them problems. It was bad. You know, I don't, I don't condone you know, fighting the violence, but I'm sorry. That shit was, uh, that shit was something to see. Woo. That was an ass whooping. That was an ass whooping. But anyway, ass whoopings aside today, I have my friend Cassie on the podcast. Cassie, uh, is a part of the Roman Republic. Um, the Roman Republic, they, uh, sponsor group travel trips. They curate them. Um, I know they've done Thailand. Uh, they are about to do Greece in October. Um, so had her on, we talked about a lot of things, right? We talked about, uh, you know, she's from, she's from Canada. So she is actually able to travel the world because, you know, Canada took this seriously. Um, she just did a Euro tour. She did a little bit of, uh, bit of traveling, uh, she did some scouting for the Greece trip. So we had a really good conversation uh, together. Uh, I really think you all will enjoy it.
Hey, what's going on, everybody? Today, I have Cassie from the Roman Republic. Cassie, how are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Just, you know, braving the COVID storm, trying to take it one day at a time and looking forward to traveling again. <laughs> Aren't we all like I feel like I'm so stuck here at my house because like I I travel a lot just personally to go explore. And then I have a job where I'm usually on the road every week. Uh And at first it was cool. Like I was, you know, not missing it, being able to just enjoy my home, you know, enjoy the people I'm with, my friends, family, everything like that. Now I'm kind of getting the itch again. It's like, man, I'd like to, uh, I feel bad for you guys in, um, in America because it's like the worst it is anywhere. So you guys are, Really, really stuck. I feel really bad for you guys. We are like the epicenter now. It's amazing how it went from Wuhan to right? like Europe. So it was like the Italy, Iran was really bad. And now it's America and Brazil. It's, and it's just, yeah. And it's just worse because your president does not want to like acknowledge the reality of it. So no, it's like, it's like a never ending loop. It's like, a little kid if you just ignore something hopefully it'll go away i think that's been his political approach to to this virus like oh it'll be gone the heat in july will kill it well it's middle of july cases are surging and people are still dying but you're going to pretend like it's not real so (laughs) the mayor um of the city of atlanta is now getting sued by our governor because she is making people, well, she wanted people to have a mask mandate. So we're, we're going I, in the complete opposite direction. I read that. And that's so backwards. Here you have your mayor actually trying to do something different than what we've been seeing is going on in Atlanta to protect you guys and your own governor is going against it. That's a little bit backwards. No, it's crazy. <laughs> and there, there were like 15 different um, municipalities here in the state that um had a mask mandate and this you know state level um ruling that he came down our mandate was like no you can't do that now i don't know if he's suing um all the different areas but he's definitely suing our 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 friend keisha over here in atlanta so i don't know but that's so crazy to me because even if say like the masks don't do anything what would be the harm in like creating a mandate for like i don't see it's like it's better to be safe than sorry basically exactly. so to go out of your way to sue some to, to sue your mayor for the preventive measures that she's putting into place which maybe you disagree as to whether it works or not but at least if it does work you are doing something to protect people right better be safe than sorry yeah so that, that is very backwards to me and obviously there are other um factors at play there why he's doing mm-hmm. what he's doing Mm-hmm. Right. Exactly. So, and then, like to that to that point um, of mask wearing, over in Japan, they didn't uh-huh. like lock down. Um, you know, COVID came there, but they are oh, really? a mask wearing culture. So that's true. That's true. everybody just like you know, people that probably didn't normally wear masks wore them, and people that right. already wore them just like continue wearing them. And again, the mask don't stop you from catching it, but it stops the spread, which makes which makes exactly. it a lot easier to contain. Um, exactly so when you see pictures like here um i don't this picture made the rounds on social media like a couple weeks ago (laughs) there was is a club here called compound and um this uh party promoter group threw like a pool party inside of the club oh i know we were talking wait was this um haywire yes yes yeah 
<laughs> yeah. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't want to put their name out there. Oh, I didn't want to put their name on it, you know, <laughs> for not being out here properly socially distancing. But, I, they, you know, they had to get that money. Um, so, you yeah, know, I'm, I'm capitalism over know, COVID. Right. So. I'm curious to know what the outcome of that was. Like, did were there cases that came from that party? Like, I'm really interested to know what it what like what what happened after that. Um, there had to be. You can't get that many people in there, like, just that close. And then, you know, even if nobody there got a bad case, right, it's, I'm sure people interact with their parents or grandparents, aunts, uncles, right, other other people people who are, exactly, exactly. Yeah. So, you right. like, when you have people doing things like that, that just aren't being responsible um, and it speaks to me, and this is just my personal opinion. It speaks to the larger point of Americans not knowing how to um, suffer for the greater good. Like Definitely. in Europe, you saw in Italy, right when they went on complete lockdown, it wasn't that essential uh-huh. worker. Like they, you know, it was hospitals, <laughs> like only. Um, right. They were okay with that because they knew coming out on the other side, everyone would be in a better place. Here, it's like, oh That's- well. You know, cases went down by like four percent. So let's open bowling alleys and tattoo parlors and everything else. We're bored. We're bored. So let's get back to regular life. Like I need all these essential things that are not really essential. Um, So let's open up, please, because I can't stand this anymore. Exactly. It's it's depressing. Um, It's depressing. And I know the rest of the world is laughing at us because we are an embarrassment. It is. All my friends are like, oh my gosh, I'm so embarrassed to be American. Like, let us out, please. Like, it's crazy. It's really sad. Right. Hopefully something, some change comes soon, though. Otherwise, it's just going to get worse. People are going to keep dying, and this thing is never going to curve or stop. Exactly. So, with with Roman Republic, you Mm -hmm. all have a group trip coming up. Um, It's to Greece. Now, when was that originally scheduled? So it was originally scheduled for September, September Labor Day weekend. That was like our, it's basically our all-star. Initially it was our all-star trip. So roamers from every trip that we've done in 2019 get picked by the hosts for, from each of those trips to come on this trip. So maybe like 10, uh, 10 people from each trip were sent in an invite for this mm-hmm. trip. Like the most ex- like high energy, positive people on those trips. Right. And then um, the remaining spots just went to all other roamers who have booked trips with us. And it's like an all-star trip, basically, of the best, funniest, funnest, like, people. Um, since then, obviously, people have had to drop out because they've lost jobs or they just don't feel comfortable traveling to Europe. Maybe, like, a handful of people. So we've now opened it up to, like, roamers and their friends. So it's not so much an all-star trip but more so like a nice reunion with some new roamers joining us as well. Um, so that was scheduled for September. It's the only trip I didn't cancel because it was our all-star trip and the complexity of the booking with the, 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 with the villa owners was a little more complex than other trips. Um, it was, it's three villas we've rented in Greece and a really like big comprehensive package. Um, that was created so and I felt like it was far enough at the time I felt like it was far enough out that I didn't need to cancel it hopefully by then the flight routes would have been open which is looking like it still can be possible it's just that obviously things are not really looking good in America and things are still very <laughs> uncertain meaning countries are not feeling comfortable letting Americans in I don't including Europe. <laughs> so I don't yeah so 
one thing I have a question on is, you know, we talked about, um, we mentioned Haywire a little bit, ago, uh-huh. and I know they do uh, a trip down, I think it's, not I think, it's down in the Caribbean, I can't remember exactly which <laughs> island, um, you with Rome Republic, you all have done a bunch of trips over the past uh, couple of years, so how far out in advance do you usually start planning and booking with like the host villas or getting the accommodations together, getting the marketing materials together um, before mm-hmm. you uh, send that out to, to those you want to uh, invite on a trip or put it on the Instagram or the website? It depends. I aim to do a minimum seven months out. The planning is usually happening like months before it's actually released because there's a lot that goes into it. There's negotiating with the villas, negotiating with the vendors, making sure that where I'm going, like I feel equipped to take RR there. Or if I'm not, I have somebody who knows the place better than me um, to make me feel comfortable releasing a trip there. So usually there's like at least a good three, four months of planning before the trip is actually released. And then um, I try to get the trip released before within seven months. If it's an expensive trip, Um, it could be sent out within like five, four months. If it's a cheap trip, meaning like under $800 per person. Ah. So, cause we do payment plans. So the goal is the, the aim is always to have people have enough time to pay, pay off their trip, obviously with at least a month or two left to find your flights and whatnot which is usually when the best flight deals are out right before the trip. So um, anywhere between seven to five months before the date is when a trip will be released. And the planning is taking place like at least 10 months, 10, 11 months in advance. Oh, I can imagine. So, and you know, that, that part is important because when you get the, you know, when you see it on Instagram, you get an email, you look on a website, whatever it is for any of these group trips, Thailand, Greece, um, Croatia, that the the payment plan is important, especially yeah. now with COVID. Finances Absolutely. are uncertain for a bunch of people, so Absolutely. making sure you budget, uh, you govern your bank account accordingly is, is Absolutely. Uh, the utmost Absolutely. importance. The utmost. Absolutely important. agree, especially now. Interestingly enough, though, we we did a serve. We ran a survey to find out. Like I asked people, uh, the travel community, just a bunch of questions, like how they were feeling about. Um, traveling post COVID, whether they still felt comfortable doing group trips, if they felt more comfortable doing solo trips and also asked like how they, how they were affected financially by COVID. And surprisingly enough, most people answered that they have not been that affected and can still travel the same. Oh, that's cool. Interestingly enough. Yeah. That's dope. Yeah. So that was surprising finding from that more. So people are just feeling like they want less people on a trip if they're going on a group trip. No, I, I completely understand that. And mm-hmm. that, that answer is kind of surprising to me um, because, you know, COVID is one of those things where it literally affected outside of like healthcare workers, mm-hmm. every industry, it doesn't matter what you were in. There was an impact. Absolutely. So it's, but it's, I think, it's good to know. Absolutely. But I think also the, um, the plans that came after maybe is what helped a lot of people. Cause I didn't hear of a lot of people getting like a lot of my friends getting laid off. Maybe their hours were cut back down, but also there's just been so many, like, um, I don't know how, how it was in America, but in Canada, there's been a lot of like, um, support from the government 
in terms of like using companies. <laughs> in terms of, I guess you're laughing because America wasn't the same. But, uh, <laughs> support, support from the government. <laughs> you Canadians. Well, Canada, we were really like companies were given a lot of money to keep paying their employees. Um, uh, Canadians were given like $2,000 a month if you didn't have a job or lost your job due to COVID. And it's still extending until like December right now. So like we had a lot of like support from the government um, and even companies like loans that were handed out as well. If you qualified, if you met certain criteria um, and all that kind of stuff. So um, that is, I don't know. That is ridiculous. Just, so so two I things heard, that you just said there. Uh-huh. The government is paying people $2,000 a month. And uh-huh. you said that they are offering benefits through December. Right. Here we got. One twelve hundred dollar stimulus payment, not just like oh, wow. everybody, not everybody. You had to make um, below a certain amount. And then from there, um, it uh, went the twelve hundred dollar amount went down. Right. As your income went up and it went to like okay. uh, ninety nine thousand dollars. If you made like uh, below, I think it was 60 or 65. You got twelve hundred. And then the um, the twelve hundred dollar amount went down. Um, in progressive steps as you approach $99,000. And that was a one-time payment. Um, and that didn't matter whether you lost your job or not? No, it didn't matter whether you lost your job or not. So that um, I, I saw that that was around 100 or million or so Americans, um, uh-huh. which uh, is about a third of the population, which is good. Um, and the next round of payments that they are thinking about would go down to $40,000 cap and it would be uh, only $600. And that's around, I think around 80 million Americans. So you then, right. So that's a huge drop off um, of people who need this money. And they did give out small business loans, but the problem is um, at least the people I know that own small businesses, none of them got them. But then you see like Yeezy got a small business loan, like, or some stupid shit like that. And, uh, Reading articles like that that were saying things like that, yeah. Yeah, and like the government gave, they essentially bailed out the airline industry um, uh-huh. with the stipulation that here's some money to keep you all afloat, be able to pay salaries, and you can't lay anybody off until the fall, the fall being September uh-huh. 1st. So come September 1st, a lot of people in the airline industry are going to lose. Are going to lose their jobs. Yeah, so, or have, like, reduced out. So they started reducing hours. Um, they started okay. offering retirement packages to people right, who, you know, right. have been there for a while to get them out of the door. Uh, because, like you said, like, it's, it's we don't have an end, as far as American carriers, we don't have an end in sight. Right, right. So it's, it's wow. been, yeah, it's, it's been crazy. A mess. A mess. a mess. So, you know, you Canadians, like, with your responsibility and, and healthcare and, you know, government assistance not, when it's needed. Uh, we don't know anything about that here. It's and we're still not capitalism. even opening up the border to you guys right now. That's a crazy thing. And you shouldn't. We don't know how to act. <laughs> <laughs> we don't know how to act. You shouldn't. No. That's crazy. Keep all this that. This is a moment when I'm proud to be Canadian. Man. And, I, can't, I can't lie. And ashamed to be American. So, so one of the benefits of this Canadianness is uh-huh. you were able to just skip over to Europe unencumbered. Yeah. You know, nobody looks at you funny when you get over there. So you just did a Euro trip. If you haven't seen Cassie's Euro trip, make sure you check out her Instagram. I'll definitely have it in the mm-hmm. notes. Um, it looked like a lot of fun. I was sitting in the house, cold, hot, <laughs> mad with a mask on like, damn, 
Only place I can travel to is like to the mailbox. I'm dead. Maybe maybe up the street, grab grab an ice cream, drive through only. That, that's it. <laughs> I can't lie. It was, it was so good. It was so good to get out again. I am like a travel addict. So getting out and feeling that the wheels uh, roll against the airport floor again and get handing over my boarding pass. And even if it meant um, having to follow any regulations, I was like, listen, I'll do whatever I need to do in order to get out there again. So it was, it was, it was really dope. It was nice also to be able to, um, be amongst the first to experience what it is like um, traveling during COVID because it's not really post COVID yet. Right. Um, yeah. And um, being able to have first person experience to bring back to my travelers and like the community that follows me was really important for me as well. So, um, so, so where'd you go? So we flew from London to split Croatia. Uh, we had a camper. So we stayed in a camper van for <laughs> We stayed in we stayed in a camper van for four days, um, and drove around Croatia for four for four, five days. Sorry, uh, we had a partnership with Indie Campers and did that, uh, and then dropped off the camper van. And then um, me and my boyfriend went from Croatia. We rented a car and drove to Slovenia and dropped off the car in Slovenia. Then took a bus, like a little shuttle bus, from Slovenia mm-hmm. to Venice. Stayed in Venice for like a day and a half and then took the train from Venice down to Rome and then stayed in Rome for a day. Oh, my gosh. The best food I've ever had anywhere in the world was in Italy. Of course. And then flew from Rome to Greece where I met with the villa villa owner there and got to do a tour of the villa that we're going to be staying at and um, just uh, sort out some date, date moving around and like find out what the pro- basically I went there to find out what the measures they were taking to protect everyone from COVID was like and how the cleaners were handling that. So they found out that the cleaners had gone through like a COVID, uh, a COVID sanitation program to, to train themselves on how to clean the villa properly. They do like daily deep cleaning and just discuss like what would happen in case we weren't able to come in September and um, just get a in-person relationship with the villa owner. So that was really important. So we did that. And explored Mykonos a little bit more, too, so I can just familiarize myself with what, what can be done there and the activities and just, like, the lifestyle there so I could bring that back to the Romers as well. Oh, man. So it was good. That, and that's how we ended it. That sounds so dope. Like, Croatia, really Greece, good. Slovenia. Uh, it, and yeah. driving around a camper, like, I know that, you know, that's not for everybody. It's for right. me, though. It's, like, for, like, a few days. Like, you said you did five yeah. days in that. Yeah, I think that was enough. <laughs> yeah, that's 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 enough for me. Like driving Definitely. across the country for like you know two weeks, and that, and that might not be for me. Five days in a camper, and based yeah. on the pictures, all the camper looked really nice. It was nice. It was nice. I will say that if I do it again, I would like to go with indie campers, maybe bigger campers, or just do it with two people in that size because we had like a. The, t- the space was just a little tight. <laughs> if for doing things other than sleeping and driving with four people because like getting changed and getting dressed and moving around and cleaning up was it did present a little bit as a challenge with four people but it was still a dope experience for the amount of time that we that we did it in absolutely even if something is uncomfortable like you know having that small amount of space like it still creates an experience that absolutely that you can say you had and know okay well this arms me for my next adventure Um, exactly so 
when you were in, now was it Croatia um, or yeah. Rome when you had your run in with the police? That was in Croatia. So what happened was I fell off of my motorbike in Croatia. Uh, anywhere there's a motorbike, I am renting a motorbike. That's one of my favorite things to do <laughs> when I'm abroad. Like I've done it in Vietnam. I've done it in, in Spain. If there's a motorbike, I'm renting it. So we got those to explore the island of Havar. And um, we were actually like getting down from a castle that was, that we need. Basically, we went to the, we got to this castle and wanted to explore it. Found out we needed cash to get in. So me and my boyfriend were driving down a hill on our separate bikes um, to go down to the ATM to get money out. And what happens is when you're on a motorbike is you cannot second guess yourself, especially if you're turning a corner. Because if you do, that's when you can can like. Um, you risk like losing balance or, or whatnot. So I was going down a hill and turning a corner. And as I'm turning the corner, I'm like, Oh, I'm feeling a little shaky. Should I slow down? Should I not? Should I slow down? Should I not? And in that moment, I lost my balance and fell on my side. I must've hit myself in so many places. Cause I had, I hit my head. I split my lip open. I scraped my arm. I scraped my leg. And, um, Thankfully, there was a local who was driving by who um, saw us and we parked the bikes on the side and he just took us around the corner to the local hospital. While we're at the local hospital, we called our um, Ashley and Clay who are with us on this trip mm-hmm. and uh, meet us. And um, they they arrived and we explained to them everything that happened. Um, while we're there, the nurses are telling us that uh, I'm going to have to go to the mainland because if I need stitches or x-rays to see if I have a concussion or anything like that, they can't do that there. So the nurse suggests their, their own hospital boat to take me back to the mainland, which is going to cost me 650 euros to do that. 650 yes. shit. Yes. Cause it's nighttime. It's about 9 PM and there's no more boats going back to the mainland, especially because it's Corona season and like you, th- things are just not operating as normal. So uh, that would be my only option. But luckily the guy who picked me up and brought me to the, to the hospital was the same guy who had just rented Ashley and Clay, their paddle boat that they had been on earlier that day. So she calls him and asks him if um, he has a boat that can take us and he gets on he gets one for us for half the price. So we tell the nurse that we're just going to go with our own. And he's visibly upset because I'm sure he gets a cut out of the boat. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. The, everything, the is, everything is a finesse. And when you right? go over there, everybody knows somebody. is like, oh, I right? got a friend. I know a guy. Exactly. So he's getting a cut of that. So obviously he was upset that we were not going to take the boat. So he, next thing we know is police officers enter the room. And they're like asking me f- for my ID. They give my boyfriend a breathalyzer. They um, are asking us what happened. I explained to him that I just lost balance as I was going down, uh, turning a corner, and I fell off the bike. And when he finishes his report, he just he tells me that he's not giving me my ID back because he wants to make sure I come back to the station when I come back from the hospital. And I'm like, what, why do you need to keep my ID though? He's like, well, we're going to determine if we're going to charge you depending on how bad your injuries are. And I'm like, what am I being charged with? He's like, well, in Croatia, this is a law. If you fall off of a bike, this is a motor accident and you must be charged a fine for that. And I was like, but I didn't hit anybody. I didn't hurt anybody. I literally just fell off of my bike. He's like, yeah, well, this is the law here. And that's you're going to get we're going to determine whether you should be charged based off of your your injuries that's what he's trying to explain to us so we call like the 
Yeah, that so sounds we're like, like one of those yo, specialty black uh, North exactly. American people charges, right? Right, or tourist charges to be fair. Because um, when I shared this online, a lot of like Croatian people responded and were saying like similar things happened to them, or the police are just corrupt. They just take advantage uh, of tourists, and which is the which is the case often anywhere. The police are often corrupt and take advantage of anybody who doesn't know the rules, that doesn't know the language, and just uses an opportunity to take money. And I'm sure us being black just worse than the situation, mm-hmm. of course. Mm-hmm. So common theme we, here with the police uh, globally, but continue. Right, <laughs> right. So we are going back and forth, like arguing with him, like what? And I'm here, sitting here, my lip is split open, and I'm just like, I just need to get to the hospital, and they're not allowing us to leave the hospital at this point because they're just saying that we want to make sure you come back. And, um, and I'm just like, we just need to go at this point in time because I don't know if I have a concussion. I don't know what the situation is. I couldn't walk on my leg at the time and I just need treatment. So, um, the officer gets really aggressive with one of my friends to one point where he has his hand on his gun and rips the phone out of her hand. You can see that on my story highlight, like I had it recorded and he's like, you're not allowed to record it's illegal. It's against the law to record here. Um, and just gets really aggressive with us. And at that point, I'm like, honestly, I'm not trying to, um, have anything escalate. Uh, Let's just get out of here. Let them keep my ID. I'm going to, and, and we'll figure this out later. So we leave at this point, um, um, to go take the boat. And as I'm, and, and we go across, we go across to the mainland to go to the other hospital where they treat me. They give me, they, they stitch my lips together, do an x-ray on my head, x-ray on my leg and police meet me there again to do a breathalyzer on me and make me fill out this form to confirm that I didn't have alcohol in my system. And, um, they were just really like, a little bit aggressive when I asked what it is that I'm signing because it's all in Croatian. Right. So I use like my Google translate app to, cause on the Google translate app, you can like uh, take a picture of anything and it'll translate it for you <laughs> from any language. And, um, I'm doing that. And, um, he's like, and I'm like, and I'm asking for clarification on something that I felt seemed a little off. And he's like, don't get smart with us at kind of thing. Like, and I honestly was just like, I'm here by myself. My boyfriend wasn't allowed in the hospital with me because it's because of Corona and all that. So I'm in there by myself. I'm like, whatever, let me just sign this paper, get these people away from me and be on my way. Even the nurses were really like incense, completely insensitive. Obviously my, my lip is literally split open. I'm sitting and she's putting a needle in my mouth, in my lip. So I'm obviously crying like anybody in that situation would be doing it. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. And she's looking at me while she's sticking this needle in my face. And she's like, you're a big woman. You're not a child. Stop, stop crying. You'll be fine. And I'm like, look, I'm literally looking up at this lady. Like, are you being serious right now? Like, are you, are you really, are you honestly being serious right now? So that was essentially what the treatment was like um, from the hospital to the police. Um, The next day we went back to the Island because a camper van was on the, island and only me and my boyfriend were driving or or drivers of the camper van so we had to go back to get it right and um um so we go to the police station to see if we can get my id back the police were so like um rude to us they were very abrasive like they were very dismissive they were just like you i was asking them what am i being charged with um because they wouldn't give me my id back unless i paid a the fine was about 
450 Canadian dollars mm-hmm. um, that they were charging me with. And they were saying, and I asked them to show me the law that I broke that, that says that I should be charged for this. And they open up their law book and I use my Google translator to read it. And all it's saying is if you're speeding, if you injure somebody um, while driving and X, X, Y, Z um, things that make sense, then you are to get a fine. Nothing that aligns with what's happened to me. And I'm telling them nothing here says that I should be fined. And they're just like continuously repeating, this is Croatian law, this is Croatian law. So we won't give you back your ID unless you pay this fine. And um, they even to the point where they just like sat at their desk and ignored us, pretended like we weren't even there because they were done talking to us. Like it was really, really, um, it was really, it was rude. It was dismissive. It was really disgusting how they were treating us. And um, eventually I just paid the fine and um, got my ID back and shared it on my IG live. So it's still pinned to my um, IGTV if you want to see the whole story and whatnot. But that was essentially what the police and uh, hospital situation was. Outside of that, Croatian people were really, really nice, very, very friendly, helpful. They were happy to see us. Um, it was just unfortunate that that was the situation with the police and the hospital. That sucks. That really yeah. sucks. It, it, it's, it's terrible. You have to go places and um, feel like you are being strong armed by the local authorities and they know that when they see, you know, somebody that's not from there, they get like the, Oh, okay. Like we're going to be able to take advantage of this person. Um, because you know, what can you do if they have your passport or your ID? Like you have to get that back. Absolutely. It's, it's, it's wild. So now, you know, if you go to Croatia and happen to fall off a bike, don't tell them that you fell off a bike. Tell them that you fell down the stairs. <laughs> That's what people told me to do. They're like, if you ever have that situation, don't ever tell them that you fell off of a bike. Just say, even the bike um, rental lady was telling me like, do not, if you had told me, I would have told you to tell, not to tell them that you fell off of your bike. I would have said, just tell them you fell down the stairs. Cause that's how the police are here. They try to just take advantage and, um, and get money whenever they can. So and don't give them your ID. Tell them that you don't have it on you. <laughs> that that sucks. I mean, yeah. But on the bright side, you know, you were fortunate enough to be in a position to pay the money and get your ID back, and you were exactly. there with somebody who had your best interest in mind, your boyfriend and your other friend. So, you know, exactly. there is a silver lining, no matter how slim it is. And absolutely. other than that, I'm sure Croatia was beautiful, right? It was incredible. I would absolutely go back. The food was great. The people were nice. The views were amazing. Like it was a really, really dope experience. And I tell people all the time, like I probably would never have traveled to Europe if it wasn't for Corona. Like I had no interest in traveling Europe, no interest in seeing Europe just because it's just, you know, like none at all. Like I've always been like, even like when it comes to planning our art trips, Greece was our first time would, would be our first time in Europe. Um, both myself and said who started this with me, um, we both had no interest in traveling here. He had lived in Europe for a bit and had no interest. I visited a couple times and just had no interest. We were more interested in like, um, Asia, Africa, and like places where there's a little more melanin, you know what I mean? So <laughs> I hear that, but there's a lot to see here as well. And we are everywhere. There are black people everywhere we've been. Um, less in Croatia, of course, but they, we, we are still here. And I, um, this has just really made me feel like, are we, 
kind of like made me made me um experience and realize how important it is for us to take up space in these places where we think we shouldn't go because nobody looks like us um but we're just as entitled to experience these views and these 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 experiences as anybody else so absolutely this, this trip changed that for me absolutely and you know it's interesting you say that um you know, Europe was kind of far down or last, not even on the list. And I think that's really cool mm-hmm. to be able to have a uh, travel curation experience company. Right. And or like, look, we are going to go away from the traditional. Everybody goes to, you know, Greece right. or we're going to go to Spain or we're going to go um, to Italy right. or whatever and focus it on those places where it's a bit more, in my opinion, um, a bit more rich, right? So Asia yeah. um, and, and Africa, one thing about those places is the, it like for visually, it's an embarrassment of riches. Like when you step off the plane, when you get into, you know, the taxing and you just start driving around, like visually mm-hmm. it's just so much to take in because there's yeah. the, the architecture, the people, the colors, like everything is <laughs> like a sensory overload for Absolutely. you know the eyes and the nose but particularly Absolutely. when you're going in these places and and just looking at the way that they live and how uh similar it is to how we live here in America or in Canada because one of the things that right. the world does or you know I'd say the western part of the world does is we have this impression that Africa and Asia outside of like Japan and China Everybody lives in huts and everybody walks around right. barefoot, and that's not it at all. That's so wrong. Twenty twenty. That's still how you think. Then uh, I don't know what to say. Like it's <laughs> <laughs> like we cannot be thinking thinking of Africa and Asia in that way in twenty twenty when there's so much of us exposing people to what it, the reality is and how it looks for real. Like I went to Ghana and their main city is buildings and apartments and like people were so surprised to see that they even had that there like so we it's it's on us to educate ourselves and go to these places and have a first person experience and not just like what the media allows us to see of these places so no what you said is so right it's on us like we have to do the work to go to these places mm-hmm. right if if you want to now i understand traveling isn't everybody's thing but If traveling isn't your thing, you're probably not listening to this podcast, so that doesn't matter. However, (laughs) since traveling is your thing because you are listening to this, make sure you go and get outside of the comfort zone, right? Like, people like to to go to Europe because we associate Europe with everything that we have here. Oh, I know they're going to have this, I know they're going to have that. If I go to Africa, what if they don't do this? What if they don't do that? If I go to Asia, the food is going to be weird, like you you right. got to step outside of your comfort zone and really that's Agreed. when you um open yourself up to so much more depth Absolutely. of experience. Agreed. Agreed. So was Croatia the best part of the Euro tour? No, I would say it was Italy. Italy. Croatia in terms of views was the most was the most beautiful. Italy I love because I'm not like a big foodie to be honest. Mm-hmm. I'm generally vegan so like I'm not really like my food limits, my food options are usually limited. So I'm never like big on, Oh, what are we going to eat when I go to this place? So Italy was the first place I went to that was like, Oh my gosh, I need to come back here just so I can eat my way through this country. <laughs> because 
the food was so good. And I've heard that before, how good the food is in Italy, but it's one thing to hear it. It's another to experience it. And I, when we got back, we were already looking at like flights to go back just so I could eat the food there because it was that good. Like, so I would say Italy was probably my favorite. Yes. The food in Italy is amazing. I, I went yeah, when I was a kid, I, I was probably 12 or so. And uh, I remember uh-huh. bits and pieces, but the thing I remember the most is the pasta. Um, like yes. The food oh there God. is ridiculous. Like they don't do a bunch oh of that sauce God. stuff that we do here. It's mm-hmm. light. Like it is just flavorful. Fresh Man. ingredients. Like it's just amazing. Amazing. Man, amazing. So flavorful. <laughs> Even Greece's food was really, really good too. Greece yeah, has Greek amazing food. food. Good. What kind of food do they eat yeah. in Croatia? Is it just like, is it similar to Greek food? Uh, I honestly, one thing I said when I was leaving Croatia is that I didn't really eat any traditional Croatian food, but I did have the best pizza I've had any time <laughs> in my entire life while I was in Croatia. Like, there, we were by this beautiful park called Plitvis, and there's a restaurant nearby there that had legit, like, we had pizza there for dinner and we had to go back the next day for breakfast because the pizza was so good. It was just, and that was, that was like my, that's my only memory of the food in Croatia, honestly. Man, best pizza ever mm-hmm. in Croatia. So, okay. We'll, mm-hmm. we'll, pizza in Croatia. <laughs> I'll, have to, I'll have to keep that in mind because Croatia is definitely on the <laughs> list because of uh, like the Yacht Week. Um, it just yeah. looks beautiful. I'm not going to do that Yacht Week, um, but it looks great out no? there. No? Nah, no, not that one. It's a little light for me. Okay, get okay. It's a little light. Like the one in um in Seychelles. I would love to do that one. Uh-huh. Um, but Yeah, the, that'd be good. That yeah. Seychelles on my list, too. Yeah, the one out there in Croatia. I mean, uh, it, it looks fine. Um, But, you know, I'd rather uh, support the brother down in Seychelles um, yeah, and put I that yacht with together. So, you know, that, that's just my you. personal opinion. But everybody I know that have that's gone to the one um, in Croatia or Greece. Like they've had a great time. Yeah. Yeah. It looks really dope. It does. All right. Well, Cassie, I really appreciate you. um, You taking the time out and joining me. You are um, in where England now. Um, So, and I'm in America. So I appreciate you uh, taking the time out with the time difference. And so you say the Greeks trip is in September. It's still on. It was initially supposed to be in September. We've moved it to the end of October now. And October. then we'll be opening up. Yep. So then we'll be opening up the remaining spaces to um, the public. First to Romers, Friends of Romers. So, and then to anybody else who'd like to come on, we'll be opening that up in the next week. We just needed to confirm the new date, which it is done now. So... Yeah, okay. end of October is when we should be back on the road again. And where can people find more information about that Greece trip when the information will open um, up? It'll be on our website. Right now our website's under construction. Okay. Um, just doing a lot of rebranding post-corona and all and all that. But um, the Greece information will be on our website in the next coming weeks once it is available to the public. Perfect. So for those that are interested, make sure you follow them on Instagram. Uh, it's just it, Is it just Roaming Republic on Instagram? at the roaming republic the roaming republic all right i certainly appreciate the time all right thank you for having me thanks enjoy yourself over there i'll talk to you